Good morning, everyone. Good morning, good morning, and welcome back. Welcome back to the Porsche Cool Podcast. Uh, my name is Michael Bath. This is this is the podcast where we chat about, talk about all things Porsche. Uh, if you've been here before, you already know that. If you haven't been here before, welcome. Uh, there's lots of episodes for you to catch up on if this is your first episode you're, you're listening to. But this is Owner's Stories, and Owner's Stories happens uh, every Tuesday. And Owner's Stories is where I talk about, uh, chat about with uh, fellow Porsche owners around the world about their Porsche, Porsche cooled story, we'll call it Porsche cooled story. Um, and the story basically begins when, you know, when Porsche, when you first started thinking about Porsche and, and how long it took you to get your first, uh, your first 911 or your first Porsche, whatever it may be. Like I said, owner stories is not just about 911. It's not just about water cooled. It's not just about air cooled. It's about all Porsches. So any Porsches is uh, what, we, what we share here. It's just the community. It's just the passion, uh, all those things that we, we enjoy about, about the brand. So anyway, uh, today we have Joey coming in from uh, Vancouver in Canada. I know Joey uh, mentioned to me that he spent some time in uh, Los Angeles. Um, I don't know a lot about Joey's story, so I'm going to learn about it along the way with you guys. Uh, usually I have a bit of more of an insight. Today I don't have much of an insight. All I know is Joey has an air-cooled 911. Um, and we'll take it from there. But he's going to be online very shortly. We do these through Zoom. Uh, Zoom is is the best way to do them. The sound quality is getting better with Zoom. They're improving every day. So I think uh, I think the audio quality is not so bad. All right, enough of me talking. Let's get Joey and let's talk about uh, his Porsche cooled owner story. Okay, so welcome back, everyone. Welcome back to the Porsche cooled podcast. Owner stories uh, number twenty three. And today uh, we have a we have an air cooled story actually, and I know I had a um, had a comment from actually it wasn't a comment it was a review on Apple um, Apple Podcasts where you can review and rate the podcast which you know helps us get gets noticed. Um, I can't talk this morning; it's very early. Um, but someone said, you know, it's it's this podcast is primarily water cooled. They love it, but it's primarily water cooled. Well, you know, owner stories is what. Uh, it's one of the reasons why I wanted to do owner stories because, you know, I own a water cooled, I own a 997. You know, my mate Steve, who does the podcast with me on Fridays, he does, he owns a GT3 997. So the whole idea of owner stories, as well as connecting with other people around the world, was also to get, um, was also to get air cooled stories on the podcast. You know what I mean? And, and Steve doesn't really like talking about non things he doesn't really know about. I don't mind so much. I'm, I'm happy just to sort of dive in and, and get it wrong and get it right sometimes. So I'm not, I don't have a problem with that. But Steve likes to be more precise. Anyway, that's what Owner Stories is all about. Anyway, I've got Joey waiting here. Uh, Joey's uh, coming through from Zoom as well. We're recording this on Zoom as always. Uh, Joey's joining us from Vancouver, Canada. Welcome, Joey. How are you? Thanks a lot. Welcome. Thanks for having me on. No, I'm, I'm, I'm glad you reached out. Uh, I'll just let the listeners know that uh, Joey, like a lot of people, uh, reached, out me, reached out to me through um, Instagram, through DM. Um, it's the best, one of the best ways to get, get me, either through Porsche Cooled or through michael.bath. Uh, just send me a message about your story. Um, so, Joey, you, as we said before we start recording, you know, I always like to ask the first, the first question. Um, so you're, you're in Vancouver, but you lived in L.A., correct? Is that what you, you mentioned to me in the, uh, in the message? Yeah, I'm a kind of a rare breed. I'm a born and raised Vancouverite, actually a third generation Vancouverite, so okay. that's kind of kind of rare. But uh, I kind of ended up moving down to LA and uh, was down there for about a little more than five years, about five and a half years, and just ironically, just before kind of the whole COVID chaos came hit, kind of uh, 
we moved back to uh, back to Vancouver, not because of COVID, but you know, just just, just to happened. go back home. Yeah, just to go back home. Yeah, yeah. I know how it feels. I'm I'm dying to get back to Australia, actually. So I really do know how it feels. Yeah. Anyway, so let's get it, let's get into the Porsche part of it. Let's get into the story. Um, so you know, everyone, you know, <clears throat> everyone has their first memory. I have my first memory. Um, it seems it's a common thread. You know, some people have. Some people really didn't have Porsche on their radar for a long time. They really didn't think about it until they were an adult and they started thinking, you know, I, I want one of those. When did you first start noticing, you know, 911s or Porsches and, and, and started thinking that, hey, maybe, I, maybe I'd like one of those? Well, I can know, like, wanting a 911, I'd wanted one for quite some time. Um, so definitely, definitely in my teenage years. But if I go back and actually think when you've uh, asked that question, I was thinking about it myself. What really can I say is one of my first memories uh, around that, around Porsche. And it's actually kind of a Porsche, but not really. I, I was a little kid and I can remember being in the backseat of uh, my mom's car and we were going grocery shopping and pulled up into the parking lot. And I looked over and I said, that is a really cool car. What is that? And she goes, oh, that's a Carmagia. Oh, okay. Yep. Yep. So it's not a really Porsche, but it's got the design heritage. And I guess that was my first kind of inkling where I kind of got, went, started going down the road. And then like you kind of grow up and you're liking that. And, you know, kind of had a, a Volkswagen thing growing up. Um, you know, my Nana and Papa had a, a 68 Fastback Beetle, which oh, I thought nice. was the coolest kind of car. Yeah, uh, which actually was my dad's that he ended up giving to them, and then uh, my very first car that I bought was actually a Volkswagen Scirocco. Okay. So, and it was at that time I ended up getting that car because um, one of my uh, good friends, he actually had a nine fourteen, and I thought it was the coolest car ever. I right. loved it, and I thought, wow. I mean, Porsche. I never thought I could afford a Porsche, but maybe I can afford one of those one day. And I was really looking at that and, you know, that's when you just got your license and I was just looking around. And so I could afford a Scirocco, but it was kind of my, uh, the Porsche I wish I had, so to right. speak. Yeah. So you, so you've had that, you know, as a kid, you've had that association with air cooled, you, you know, you've, you've had yeah. that taste of air cooled, um, Carmen gear is, you know, I have to admit that was, I always forget about talking about the Carmen gear, but I, I also remember that, you know, seeing them and thinking, you know, I can't afford a Porsche, but I could maybe I could afford one of those because at the time there were there was a period there where they were quite inexpensive. Um, oh yeah, but they're not now, are they? They've gone up in price quite a lot. Oh no, I still look like uh, like everybody who's kind of into the the stuff, and you know, wow, can I find one? Oh, if I could find one that's kind of nice and not a complete rust bucket, wow, you're, I'm actually spending a lot of money. So it gets a little little difficult to kind of kind of do that. So. So you you're in the VW brand. You don't get a you don't get an old an old Beetle or an old Fastback or anything like that. You get a Scirocco, which is a very good car by all accounts, right? I I've never driven one, yeah. but they're supposed to be a very good car. Um, so how long did you own the Scirocco for? How long were you driving that car for? I actually got that when I was in university, and I pretty much drove that car right into the ground because as most people in university, right, you put your money into the car, right. I think the only upgrade I ever did to it is I bought a Momo shift boot for it. That was my, that was right. my split because everything was going to tuition and, uh, you know, everybody who knows who's gone to university books are probably the biggest ripoff of anything else. And you're just yeah. spending hundreds yeah, exactly. of dollars. So I drove that car literally into the ground and, uh, 
my best friend at the time, I can remember he was over at my place when I ended up selling the car to this couple. And I'm going, oh my gosh, they took it for a test drive, but do they realize like the car is going to gas out? It's going to conk out. <laughs> I was driving it home from school one day and I got like three quarters of the way home and it like just gave out on me. I had to let it rest. I had no idea what was wrong with it, but I just knew this car is done. So so I ended up selling that car. You drove it into the ground, basically. You drove it into yeah. the ground. But it's a good driver's car, isn't it, Scirocco? Isn't oh, that it's a great driver. It, you know, it's uh, it's got a good engine. I mean, it actually had the same engine as uh, as someone I was with at the time, uh, an old GTI engine. So it was actually perfect. Like, it was great. I mean, it handled amazing. It was nice, low. It looked good. You know, people still liked it. It was, it was, it was red with kind of, you know, a black trim on it. So. It, it was a it was a fun car to drive. Like I, I really, yeah. It's not like I would go back and buy another one, but uh, yeah. So you're in the yeah. I think I've had. I think someone else has been on owner stories that had a had a Scirocco as one of their cars. I vaguely remember someone telling me they had a Scirocco, unless it was something else I was listening to. Um, and I, I have heard they're good cars. So you're in the Volkswagen family. Yeah. You're in you're in the Volkswagen family, which we all know is you know Porsche's uh, parent at the moment. Um, yep. So what happens then? So you sell the Scirocco. Are you carless for a while? You're, you're at university. You finish university and then... Finish university. I'm going to start working and I, I'd always liked different things. So you can probably guess, you know, like yeah, the Scirocco. I actually bought a, uh, a Saab 900, which I loved. Okay. Um, so it was a good handling car. It looked different. I was the only one who had one. So that was it. Again, it was another car that I drove really far until I couldn't afford to fix it anymore. And then, uh, then kind of life happens and you kind of have to get responsible and kind of do things. But I, that was when, ever since I got rid of those cars, it's when I really wanted a Porsche. I mean, I really wanted a 911. Sorry, Bad. Joe, back, back to your sub. Because, you know, yeah. I'm seeing a trend here. You, you really do like interesting cars. You, you, you're talking yes. about Carmen Gears. You bought the Scirocco Saab. So the Saab, Saab 900 Turbo Saab, just the standard Saab 900, is it? It was a Saab 900S. And it was, the, uh, the, it was a five-door, so the hatchback. Um, black as well. And, uh, you know, it had that unique, it was a manual. So it had that unique kind of pull-up knob where you got wow. to, to get into reverse. And, yeah, and, uh, yeah. It handled amazing. Um, you know, at that time I was having to do a little bit of winter driving and it was amazing in the snow. So it was a great, it was a great car, but being in Vancouver, we don't get snow that often, but it was still, it was a great, it was a great vehicle. It was fun. It was sporty. The subs you know, are coming back, aren't they? They're, they're, they're coming oh. back into, um, you know, the prices are starting to go and people are starting to notice them again, the 900s. Oh yeah. I mean, I really, that back then too, I still always wanted, you know, something in the brand of those cars. So like, I actually wanted to get a Vigan. But there was no way I could afford one of those. Right. So I was getting kind of a similar body style. You know, I was, it was one of those. I would love one of those. I even look now back at the Sobs too, some of the older, like the 16-valve 900s and, mm-hmm. and a really good one. Like, you're right. They're, they're coming back. They're not cheap. Like they actually are. Saab, Saabs are funny though, aren't they? They're a love or hate relationship. I mean, some people just hate the shape of them. I mean, even when they were, yeah. they were out, you know, people hate the shape of them, but I kind of like them. I, you know, those Saab 900 turbos, you know, with that, 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 yeah. that shape is just, and you look at it today and it's aged pretty well. It really has aged pretty well. You know what I mean? It has. I mean, they're, you know, some of the, the later models are pretty attractive looking vehicles. I mean, yeah. So what, so we've got a trend here. We've got a trend here of unique yeah. cars. You're buying unique cars and you're driving them 
into the ground. Basically, you're driving them. You're driving them. You're enjoying them. Um, yeah. So you have the you have the nine hundred. What and then you you sell the nine hundred and then you said life gets in the way. What happens then, Joey? You know, at that point, you know, I got married. You end up having kids. You kind of just you're trying to buy a house. You're trying to do things. Um, so I had a my kind of lament. I ended up having to have a Saturn for a couple of years, which I really you know still to this day feel bad. It was the only American car I ever owned. <laughs> just, <laughs> but you know. You, you make some sacrifices to be able to afford something. And then after that, you know, got a, uh, an Audi, a, uh, it was a perfect car in that term of life. Uh, an A4 Avante. It was, uh, you know, the wagon side, so it could yeah. fit everything in it. It was great for, you know, having a child and it was, it was still fun. And the four wheel drive really, I was yeah. like, Oh, this doesn't feel like a sedan. I could actually drive the car. No, I, I owned one of those as well, Joey. I bought one from new. I had an Audi A4 Avant uh, S line, as they call it in Australia. Yeah. Um, and it was a great car. It was a you know for a for a wagon for a you know estate, as they call it in the UK. It was a, it's a great yeah. it's a great car. Yeah, it was not only functional, but it's still uh, you know the Audi side gave it a bit of sport to it, and you felt you you, you felt that you were actually driving. So okay. So no, I had that, and then. You know, as life was getting on a little bit, a little bit there, I was like, man, I really want my 911 now. I really want my 911. Like it, the bug was still there. I, I, I'd wanted one for so long. And then I kind of went. Well, Where are you now, though? Road. You're sorry, Joey. You're you're in. You're still in Vancouver, or you're now in LA? Yep. Oh, I'm still in Vancouver. Okay. Still in Vancouver, and uh, this. So this would have been about maybe like 10, 12 years ago. I was that itch was so bad, and it was right before stuff started going stupid with air cooled. It was already there, but I'm still thinking, man, I got to be responsible still. Like, I can't really afford the 911 that I'd really like. So what can I do? I started looking at 912s. <laughs> okay. So I'm looking at 912s like you are right now. Um, so 12 years ago, you're looking at 912s? Yeah. Yeah. So when, so, they, were, when they were very good prices, when they were very oh, cheap. Oh, yeah. I can remember test driving one that I'd found and, you know, went all out there and, I think it was like sixteen or or fifteen thousand dollars, and this was a guy who was in a club and you know was well maintained, perfect car. And I'm just, I, I didn't end up pulling the trigger because I, I really wanted a nine eleven, but right. I thought, well, I can't afford one yet. I can still get everything that is pretty much a nine eleven in this. But anyways, I didn't pull the trigger on that, and then uh, you know life kind of happens, stuff goes along, and I had a change of kind of situation. And uh, I was selling a house, actually, um, that I was in. And uh, the realtor that I was selling the house with had a 911. He actually had an 88 uh, silver 911. Okay. He had put a whale tail on it, though. And at the time, I actually had a, uh, uh, an E36 M3. And we did a couple of drives together. And I remember once he, he swapped cars. And I was there like, oh, great. I was just loving. Like, I was like... It made the itch even more. And so, I guess, so Joey, let me interrupt you for a second. So you had another great car. You had an E36 M3 as well. So you, you, yeah. you had the Audi and then you bought the M3? Is that what after the Saturn? I, I, had the, I had the Audi and then after the Audi, um, I, we ended up needing a second car. I actually bought a, uh, right before that, I only had it for about six weeks. I had a... Uh, uh, 320 actually it was a Japanese car convertible 
Okay. That uh, some old lady cut me off and we ended up writing that car off. So I, I took the money from that and I bought the M3 with that. Okay. So I was driving the M3 for a couple of years. Right. Nice car. So, okay. Yeah. So you find this silver 911. Um, is so it, for, is it for my, sale? That was actually my, no, that was actually my realtor's car. Okay. So he was driving it and we would go on drives together. And that made the, my 911 bug like almost even more insatiable. It's, okay. like, it's like, now, now he's got one and we're out driving. It's like, oh my gosh. And this was right at the time I can remember when Magnus Walker came out with his movie. Okay. So, you know, my kind of Magnus thing is kind of come and gone, you know, but still it was something like, oh, okay, this is cool. I started going to YouTube and watching as many different videos and movies as you could find. And it was so, as you can tell, my addiction was, was pretty, I was pretty strong. So that's 2013, right? I think Magnus Walker's video came out in 2013 yeah. from memory. Yeah, 20, um, yeah, 12 or 13 around then. Yeah. And I think, you know, to put it, and I know some people, you know, a lot, I know some people don't like Magnus Walker. I know Steve's not a big fan, um, mm-hmm. but you know, I, 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 I am. I still like him. I still think he's, you know, reasonably relevant and he's got a great Porsche collection. You can't, you know, you can't deny him of that. Oh, no. um, but, you know, you're right. When that video came out, Joey, and if you don't remember it, if you, if you weren't in that period, you know, you, when it came out, there was nothing like it. Do you know what I mean? No one was, no one was really at the forefront of doing what he was doing. And then he was doing more modification, wasn't he? He was doing the custom cars. Yeah. And he was selling Everything them. was going to outlaw Yeah. And it was, you know, it was... It really did work. That video that he did, it really mm-hmm. did work. I mean, it, it, you know, it, it started his career basically with, you know, Porsche sponsorships and all those sort of things. So you're watching those videos. <clears throat> your realtor had the 911. Did you get a chance to drive, go for a drive or drive your realtor's yeah. 911? Yeah. On one of our drives, we were basically two-thirds done, had to stop off, you know, get something to eat and, and do that. And then he's like, uh, you want to swap cars for the ride back? I'm like, yeah, let's go on 100%. <laughs> so, that <was> it. <laughs> that, I mean, so that's when it got even more. And he knew I really, really liked 911s, and I was always looking and trying to find one. So just before I tell you how I found my 911, um, watching all the videos, I came across another video that really has been probably one that I've watched. I keep going back to, and it came out around the same time just after. Okay. Um, it's a guy I don't know if uh, your listeners so far know of Jack Olson. He did a video that came out about that time called One Car Can Do It All. Okay. And he is a, uh, he's based in LA and he's a, uh, he was a writer and he did a 911, a 1972 black 911 that he's kind of Frankenstein and modified himself. Right. Actually, it was one of my last Instagram posts that I, I uh, had thrown up saying that he, uh, he's tuned his car so well that uh he's got you know, brakes or something like that from a 993 this and he wanted one car that he could drive to the track that he could take out for picnics um it, it was it's a great video i really suggest you know if anybody hasn't seen that one to go out and and, and watch it you can see him going around willow springs whatnot so that's so what is what is it what is it called joey i think it's um one car to do it all one car to do it all okay yeah. but well, if you just look up jack olson it's it's pretty much there. I haven't seen that either. I'll be honest. I oh, no, seen it. you it, it definitely to me that's sealed. It was a black, uh, you know, seventy two with a ducktail that he had on it. I'm like, that's it. Like that. Like, come on, that's it. Okay. So I'm in love with that. Let me just interrupt for a second. So you, you 
you watch all these Magnus Walker outlaw sort of nine elevens. Um, yep. This other one's a bit of an outlaw nine eleven. You know, modified. Yep. You know, make it your own, personalize it. Is that is that what you start to think? You think, okay, I want to get a nine eleven, and I really do want to make it my own. Is that what you're looking for? So, what do you start looking for now? What, once you've got the I, bug and you know you want one, I'm, I'm looking for something, and I'm going saying, okay, what do I really want in in my nine eleven? I want a nine eleven that's kind of in the air cooled side. Um, I want something that looks cool that's going to be timeless. I'm probably a rare breed where I said, I actually want a narrow body. I don't actually care about the big. I want it to be narrow. So okay. I have a narrow body. And then I'm looking around and saying, you know what? What makes the most sense? I want the G body style. I really want a G body. Okay. Okay. So I got a G body. And then the more research I'm doing, I'm looking around, seeing okay, this part of this, this part of that. You want an SC or, or cause that body style was the longest running body style, right? Yes. Multiple yes. engines. And then I came across and said, you know what? I want the 3.2 uh, engine. It was like the workhorse. It was called like bulletproof yes. by so many reviewers. Yeah. So I wanted a 3.2. And then I'm looking at it going, oh man, gearboxes. You know, the last little bit, they went from the 915 gearbox to the G50. Yes. Okay. I want the G50 because it's a much better gearbox. It, it's smoother, cleaner. So when you start doing the research, 87, 88, and a little bit of early of um, 89, right before they switched over to the 964, that's the only time they did a, uh, a 3.2 with a G50 gearbox. So, yes. so, like, you're, so you're looking for the one that is the sought after one. So what, how long ago was this? Yeah. How many years ago was this? So this would have been right before I moved to LA. So this would have been, I mean, I'm looking in 2013. I'm looking all 2013, probably started the end of 12. I was looking for that kind of car. Okay. And as a lot of the listeners know, and, and you know, um, that, that 1988, 1987, 1988, early 1989, isn't it? The 911 with the G50 yeah. is the yeah. pinnacle at the moment. It is the one that people yeah. want. They want that gearbox. It it does go for higher prices than the other models. Mm -hmm. um, so you're looking five years ago, so the prices are a little bit less. Little so bit how less. long – so the, you moved to LA. So, so the you benefit look, is – Sorry? What I, I would say the benefit is too when I was looking for that car, that is not that – I got my car right after Singer came out. So all of a sudden, people wanted a 964. 964s, you know, were – everybody hated them until – Pretty much singer came out and then it started becoming popular yes so uh, it wasn't easy to find my car because like you're saying that was the one people were looking for before okay so you're in la now and you're searching for the I'm car i'm still actually in vancouver you're still in vancouver so do you start searching for the car in vancouver or you no. you do okay. i'm searching for this car in vancouver i'm laying there and at that time um and for most of my career i was actually uh, did a lot of work with china so i'm up late at night right so lying in bed at night one night you know, talking to, you know, one of my uh, factories in China at the time, you know, you're, you're laying in bed with your phone up in front of you like this, just like before you go to bed, what time it is. I get a message from my realtor. The house had been sold, all that, but we still maintain friendship and whatnot. He's on Pelican Parts and sends me a link. He okay. says, hey, look at this, it just came up. This has got to be, I don't know, 11.30 at night, 12, 1 o'clock, something like that. So I'm up there, click on the link. I flip over to it. I see this black on black, like black wheels. The rims are all black. The interior is all black. Everything's black. I think I, I sent you the link to the actual um, 
photos of the guy who was selling it from Tom that he had put up. And I'm like, it's a 88. So the same car that he has, except in black, which is what I want. The 3.2, the G50, it's got a ducktail on it already. I'm like, there's nothing you need to do to this. This is beautiful. Yeah. It's got a little higher mileage on it though. But I don't, I'm like, I don't care. It's, I don't know if it's because it was late at night as well. And I had one one so bad. I click the link and I just sent an email out saying, see your car. Love it. I'll give you full ask. Let me know. Okay. That's at one o'clock in the morning. Can I just go back? The Instagram link you sent me has the white 911 on it. Oh, the black one. Okay. I didn't go black. far enough. Yeah. This is not the car you bought though. This is the car that inspired you to buy the car you, you found, is it? Nope. The black one there that's on that, yeah, that's actually the car I bought. Oh, and this that is a- was actually the photos from the ad that he used to sell it. Oh, really? Yeah. So this is the, these are the photos. Okay, I've got to, I've got to let the listeners go to this um, Flickr site. It's a Flickr because account. I haven't given your Instagram because you don't have a lot of pictures of your car on your Instagram, do you? No, I've kind of kept my... Kept it private. Instagram on and off and... Yeah, so... I- um, I'm trying, I'm trying to remember what it's called. It's Tommy, Tommy. Uh, if, so if you go, I'll just tell the listeners, um, Joey, if you go to Tommy, Tommy G 500, if you go to Flickr, sorry, if you go to Flickr and you search for people, make sure it's clicked on people. Cause if you just clicked on photos, it won't come up and just scroll through till about the, I think it's about the third page or something. Uh, where is it? Third or fourth page, fourth page I'm on. And there's a black G G body there. Uh, it, you know, it's it's fantastic actually. It's really really good. Um, tell me more about the car, Joey. Keep going. So I I was in love with that car, and um, so I said I I'll give you a full ask, whatnot. Didn't hear, didn't think about it, right? You know, you go to going to work the next day. I get a message from him about a day and a half later, and saying, Hey, are you still interested? Um, I've got a lot of people interested in the car. Um, one guy's on his way to test drive it, but you're the first guy who messaged me. So you're first up. If you want it, let me know. Okay. So I'm like, sure. I'm like, what the heck? Um, if I can get it for a PPI and it passes a PPI, cause I'm not even able to look at it then. Sure. So I researched, this is in California. The car is actually in California. Okay. So I started doing some research for, okay, so who's a good place for doing a PPI there? I don't really know. End up uh, picking, I think, uh, TRE Motorsports to do it. They're kind of a okay. Porsche, kind of more air cool, but you know they do lots of Porsche. Sorry, stuff. Joey, before we get into the PPI side of it, just tell yeah. the listeners exactly what, what the car was and what you, what you have purchased, and then we'll talk about the PPI. So the, yeah. hopefully they're looking at these images, but just explain to them what the car was and what was special about the car. So this is a 1988 uh, 911. Yes. Uh, and it had been the only real modifications were, were there were a few modifications. It had a ducktail added to it. Um, completely, you know, it's a black car, black interior. Um, and something that was different, um, which I really liked though, uh, it's got foosh wheels, but they're completely black. Even yes. the rims are painted black. So you've got a black car, black wheels, black tire, like everything. It's all black. Just, and it really, I don't know, it, it really stands out by doing that. Just like, I think the only trim on it, you know, is just the odd little bit of silver. Even the, around the windows, which is usually silver, that's done black. Yeah, it looks great, actually. It looks really, really good. And then it's got the, um, it's got a different steering wheel as well, which actually works really well. Yeah. 
Yeah, the um, Sparkle steering wheel he had on it that uh, had Alcantara on it. Um, I used that until that kind of wore out a little bit. And that's the one of the only changes I did is I swapped that out after about two years to a, uh, a Momo wheel. So okay. that uh, was quite nicely in it. All right. So but, that's the car. You, you contact yep. the guy on Pelican Parts. He gets back to you, you. And then you have to organize a PPI. You're in Vancouver. The car's in LA, yep. in Los Angeles yep. or California. So how do you go about it? Tell the listeners how you, how you manage to get someone who you can trust and do the inspection for you. So I spent about a day and a half kind of researching and, and you know, who in LA would be good for it. I, I come across, you know, a few people and then you want to find out, do some, check out the reviews and, and see what things are. I kind of settled on TRE and uh, then I call up the guy at TRE and say, Hey, I got a car. I want to do a PPI. How much will it be? And can do it because we'll tell me a little bit about it. Say, okay, it's, uh, it's got 134,000 miles okay. on it. So it looks beautiful. Yep. Obviously, this guy hasn't seen it. And he's telling me, you know what? I can tell you right now, just save your money, but don't bother. But if you really want, I'll do the PPI for you. I'm like, I want this car. I just really want. I know it's high mileage, but I want this car. The one thing I've known kind of even later now is like these cars are meant to be driven, right? Yes. They're not meant to be garage queens. So if you've maintained it, it doesn't really matter the mileage. Like just as long as it's maintained, these cars will last forever, right? And especially the 3.2, it's a bulletproof engine. Like that's why I wanted it. But Joey, so, 130,000 miles is not that high, is it? I, I wouldn't think that for an 88, 911, 130,000 miles is not super high. Well, everybody always wants under 100,000 miles. Everybody wants lower. Right, okay. Most people were kind of down that path. I'm... I don't really, I don't think that's a big deal. It wasn't a big deal to me. Yeah. yeah. I was already in things. I was probably already a bit in love with the car at the yeah. time. So, so I contact, you know, I then kind of go back and forth with Tom a little bit. And he's like, Oh, great. The, um, TRE is not very far. He was actually in, if any of your listeners know in, around LA, he was actually in Silver Lake. So that's really close to where TRE is, which is just in the Valley as well. So, cause I know exactly where that is. So he goes out, drives the car out, and uh, gets it done. And then I get a, you know, he calls me after. He goes, oh, yeah, the guy's going to call you and tell you about it. Okay. He goes, but uh, I didn't know this much about Tom. He's a big car guy. Like, he loves cars. And he had bought the car and uh, knows what they do. So when he had bought the car to sell it, he bought it and really tuned it up, did ex- all these things to it. So it was it was in perfect running order. Like there's nothing you needed to do. Okay. So came out with like a great, um, great thing. So the only issue on the car, he said, was the guy found a small, tiny little crack in the windshield in the middle in the bottom. He goes, I didn't even know that was there. He goes, right. don't worry, I'll get it replaced. He goes out and finds a brand new um windshield 911 windshield for the car he says i don't know where he got it but he says i found the holy grail it's the perfect thing all done puts it in I'm like okay great i go in and wiring the money and this is now in i think i found the car in november i think we ended up closing the deal sometime in december right so the the ppi showed nothing everything was fine compression was fine there was fine. no rust yep. there was no other no issues at all the guy was shocked actually you know he was like this car was so you, there's nothing, nothing to worry about. Um, so I, I wire him the money, and then 
it's in California. I'm still in Vancouver. And then, you know, I end up, uh, I know I'm going to be going to be doing a little bit of a transition. I ended up taking a, uh, a, a job in California okay. at the time. So over Christmas, whatnot, we didn't, we kind of didn't talk for a couple of weeks, whatnot, ended up moving down to LA. And I'm like, I said, oh, man, I haven't, we just haven't connected. I'm like, oh, oh, well, well, let's see. So reach out to him say, Hey, Tom, you know, it's Joey. Like I'm here to pick the car up. He goes, Oh, wow. You're here. Great. So it's stored in uh, his friend's shop. He goes, no problem. Come by, pick it up. Is there anything you want? Do you want me to wash it for you? I said, Oh, if it's at the shop, you know, does it have an alarm? Cause I know I'm going to get cheaper insurance. And he's just like, no, throw an alarm in and great. Okay. So I go and end up picking up the car and driving it back. And uh, I think that week it was, I think my second week in LA and in it, ironically, it was uh, a time when they had a crazy, it doesn't rain in LA, but when it does, it rains really hard. Okay. And it rains so hard. I'm driving a car that's so low to the ground, that's <laughs> air cooled. And the water is like rising in bits of the street. And oh, really? It's, it's very different. It was like, so it was oh a bit my scary. God. Yeah, yeah. So you really, like, you really trusted the seller here, didn't you? You really trusted him. So you, you kind of left the car faith, with him. Yeah. Yeah. He, he gave you... So he gave you an indication somewhere along the line that he was a was a genuine guy and he was a trustworthy seller, yeah? He seemed like a really nice guy. Um, I did a little bit of research on him as well, too. Uh, he, was like, he was actually in the, uh, not anymore, but he was in the movie industry. He was a director, producer for stuff. And oh, okay. So he was kind of a, and, and this was his hobby. What was the reason for him selling the car to you? Did he have other 911s or did he just, he wanted to upgrade to something else? Or what was the reason no. he gave you for selling the car? So like I said, this was a bit of his hobby. He bought and fixed up some cars and then sold them. Part of the fixing them up and making that was something he did for enjoyment. Okay. You know, be, between, you know, periods of not, uh, you know, doing a commercial or a short movie type thing. He's like, well, what am I going to do? Okay. But he, at the time, and even still, I think uh, when we left, he had a, uh, a, GT, uh, a GT3. So right. a newer GT3. I think a 997 GT3, he said. Okay. So he was already up there. But... He liked these type of cars. He had another version, almost exactly the same, except he used it for uh, track racing. So, right, right. Okay, so yeah. you, you've picked up the car. You're living. Yep. You're you're living in LA now. Is that correct? Yeah, living, living in LA. In, you're living in LA, so you've got you know you've got the new life in LA. <laughs> you've got the yeah. the coolest looking 911 in in black on black. Um, how was it? So you picked it up, you picked it up on, it was raining, it was flooding or something in Los Angeles, right? So it wasn't very enjoyable. So when was the first time you actually got into the car and, and, and drove it and thought, wow, I've got something really special here? So, I mean, I started driving it out um, to work and you know, you're driving it through in a bit of the highway. And I was lucky enough that uh, the office was in the valley and I was living in, um, my fiance and I were living in, in L.A., on the other side of the, the hills. So I was going counter flow. So there's a part, as soon as you can get out of the traffic, you're pretty open on, on the, uh, the uh, what would it be? The, the 107 or the right. 101 right there. So I started just hammering it a few times, just really. And the, the thing that was really interesting, you know, a lot of people say the faster you drive, the more scary it gets and see things going by this car. I swear to you, the faster you are, the safer you feel. Right. It actually feels safer going about 70, 80, 90 miles an hour than it does 40. 
Okay. Like it, it, it actually doesn't like driving slow. So I would like, <laughs> I would, I drove the car. So I, I did, you know, what you're supposed are you sure to do. About, are you sure about that, Joey? Or is that just the way you like to drive? You just like to drive fast. <laughs> uh, there's a bit of both, but, but I will tell you, it does the car. It, uh, it handles better. So you got to remember too, this is the, the type of 911 that we're talking here. This is before it got really technical. So we're not talking about any power steering, right? So yeah. you have to be moving in order to do that. Exactly. Right? So, exactly. So you, you You've owned the car now for how many years? Five years, is it? I've had, yeah, it'd be, I guess it'd be 15 I went down there. So, yeah. So five, five years. All right. So, you, you, you've got the car. You, you, you have the car for a little while. The first, uh, just, just to get you to remember back when you first picked it up. Yep. Were there any surprises? You know, I always like to ask this question. You know, like you got the yep. PPI done. Nothing showed up. Everything was great. The guy changed the windscreen out. You know, the car's perfect. Were there any yep. surprises in the coming months that you had to get fixed or, you know, work on no there wasn't anything stuff slowly as the time went on a little bit but right out of the gate no the only surprise that i'll say is um my first oil change okay i was shocked at the amount of oil that <laughs> these cars take because it's you know air-cooled the oil the amount of sheer amount of oil is just unreal right and you're like right. wow that's why this is an expensive oil change so <laughs> So do, do you do the do you do your own maintenance on your car or you take it to a specialist in um, Vancouver or L.A. when you're in L.A.? So when I was in L.A., this is the next part of my uh, – I was telling you about I still still was in touch with Tom. Um, I think he was friends with a guy who uh, had a shop at the time. And so I took it there for the first couple of times. And then Tom says, yeah, across the street, I'm opening up my own uh, repair shop called it was a called mistress auto and okay. it was based purely on doing a servicing on air cooled not air cooled porsches okay that's perfect it. and he said he wanted to set it up as a, kind of a, an italian euro style place and I mean, it looks it was beautiful inside like it didn't look like a normal shop and so i thought who better to look after the car than the guy i bought it from who's now running his own shop I mean, he knows everything about this car because he's the one who tuned it up to sell to me. So, yep. And you're kind of on my way to work and the way back. So like, perfect. So I, uh, I took it to him for the entire time that I was down there. Okay, perfect. So you're in LA. You, you're in LA for a few more years. Um, you've got all those great roads at your doorstep there in LA. Yes. Um, how is the car when you decide you're moving, when you move back to Vancouver? How is the car when you're when you're owning it in Vancouver and, and driving it in Vancouver, was it the same experience? Uh, somewhat the same experience. Um, I mean, I really used the car. Like, fiance and I really enjoyed going out for drives. Didn't like being in traffic, but we'd get up early on a Saturday and just drive it. Um, you know, Angel Crest Highway up and down. You know, we'd have a certain route that we'd end up going through. Uh, through one of the canyon roads and take the pch sometimes we'd end up driving and realize oh, i guess we should turn around we're almost at santa monica but, um, <laughs> like i love we just love to drive so much so that when we moved back to vancouver actually drove the car from la to vancouver okay fantastic took the uh pacific coast highway right along as far as we could all the way up and took you know three days to drive all the way there and and cut inside and went to Portland and, and, and up. 
But so we drove it all. And how was the car? Reliable as ever? No issues? No issues. Fantastic. The only thing, the only thing that I kind of got an issue with was um, the air conditioning. So I had to recharge it once a year, but you know, cost more to try to find or not even find it if you're trying to do it to fix something than it would be to just yeah. Know, but that's a common shoot. issue, isn't it? The air conditioning is not always that that reliable, right? It's always a yeah. little bit a little bit you know half and half. So you've had the car for you know. Let's go back to the car again. Let's go back to you said you changed the steering wheel. The images on Flickr show that um, steering wheel. So you said that you changed that yep. over. So tell us a little bit more about that steering wheel, if it's the, the classic one that, uh, one that everyone buys. What else did you add to the car to personalize it? Is there anything else you added to the car? Uh, you know what? I only did one other thing. So um, it, it's not, it's a, a Momo wheel. It's not the Protipo. Okay. I wanted the, I can't remember the exact name of it, but it's more of a deep dish wheel. I liked you know, the wheel coming out forward a little bit. So it just, you give it a different experience. And I tell people as I drive the car, I feel like I'm driving a go-kart and that kind of wheel kept it like that. I felt like I was driving a go-kart with that when I was had that wheel as well. Okay. So I've done that. I think the only other thing that I added to it was a phone mount, believe it or not, for my, uh, for my phone. And I got, uh, it took me a while to find one, but uh, I was on Renline. And they have very specific mounts for your specific 911. Yeah, they're so great. Actually, mm, they're great mounts, yeah. aren't they? Mm. Oh, it's perfect. Goes around one of the uh, the dials and just sits to the side of the of the dash up there, and it's I mean, it's perfect. And I I wouldn't get anything else for it. So yeah, I don't have one of those, but I'm going to get one for my 997. I know that um, Steve bought one, I think, but they're. Uh, I mean, I know a lot of people have them, and they're a, they're a great mount. I'm just looking at the images of your of, of the car on on Tommy G 500s in um, Flickr again. Yep. I keep saying Instagram Flickr, um, and the the interior leather is 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 in immaculate condition, isn't it? It's in it's in yep. such good condition. This car. I mean, you know, this is the thing where mileage. You know, I don't think the mileage really matters, and I don't think it's got it had a lot of miles on it when you bought it. But, but who's ever owned this car? The condition. I mean, whether or not it's been redone the interior or, or not, it, it's just in it's just in really, really good condition. And it's, you know, I think that's, you know, that's a selling point. You can't be too hung up on the miles, can you, when you see the, when you see the car in person? I mean, it's, it must have been great when you first picked it up. You must have been just so excited about it. Oh, it was phenomenal. It, it was, yeah, it was, it was, literally I was giddy. So, you know, it's something you'd wanted and looked at and I never thought I'd be able to actually afford and have one. And then to be, to have one, it was, it, it was just phenomenal. It's interesting though when you said about Magnus Walker and being and and liking those videos and when you were watching them because this car actually reminds me of uh, a guy in Sydney who owned um, one of Magnus Walker's ex uh, cars a turbo turbo Carrera Paddington Outlaw um, and he had a car that Magnus Walker used to own which was you know very similar to this black on black it's very very similar that's what it kind of reminds me of even though it is a different a different model um, but it's a great looking car so. There's nothing really you did to it. You didn't really have to, I mean, you know, all of the ownership, all you've done is a phone mount and rechange the steering wheel. I guess to not an Alcantara steering wheel, right? You went to a leather, full leather steering wheel or yeah, you, you kept full the leather Al- wheel. full leather wheel yeah. so it works, lasts longer. Even though as good as that Alcantara wheel, the Sparco one on the car did actually look great, Alcantara doesn't wear so well, does it, after a while, especially no, with that's the steering the, wheel. It was, you know, especially with you've got a, in LA, you know, it's a little warmer sometimes and you know, your hands get a little bit sweaty and your driving kind of wears off. So once it wore off long enough, I mean, I actually liked the steering wheel so much. I, uh, 
after I replaced it, I actually uh, screwed it to my wall in my office at work. Okay. <laughs> so I'm like, <laughs> that's there. pretty cool. That's pretty cool. So what about the, um, you know, I always like to ask this question. What about the uh, exhaust side of it? The, the sound of the car? Is it, was it modified by the previous owner or was it stock? No. It's pretty, the car is pretty much stock. Um, literally there isn't anything else done to it. I can tell you the, um, you know, the, the suspension has been tweaked a little bit and done a bit, but I mean, it hasn't, there's nothing really done. Um, and I'm not, I mean, yeah, there's some things that I might like to do to it, but I'm also kind of of the mindset. I'll get to that when I, the, I can outdrive the car as it is right now. Right. I, I think I'm a pretty decent driver and I, I drive it fairly well, but, and any 911 has so much to teach a driver. So, I mean, the car still has lots to teach me. So, and I've been driving it for a while and I, I still think I can get faster with it. So what is, what is the limitations of the air cooled? To people who don't know when you're driving it, what is the limitation with, with speed and, and, and et cetera? Is there, is there anything you have to watch out for when you're, when you're driving an air cool fast that you can, you can tell the listeners who are not so familiar with air cooled about? Uh, the only thing I would say is in some of the air cooled cars, and it's not really because it's air cooled. I think it's the older some of the cars are, they're lighter. So you tend to, f- and some of the air cooled cars don't have the safety pieces on it. You don't have ABS brakes. You don't have anything like that. You, you, you have to pay attention to the car and you have to really be on your game. So if you're driving a newer 911, um, you can kind of make the odd mistake or I'm not saying fall asleep at the wheel, but you can kind of, you know, get a little bit relaxed. Um, if you're driving in an air cooled car, um, if you know, to take from what you know, I think Jack Olson says in his videos too. If you don't respect the car and you don't do that, it will remind you um, sometimes pretty aggressively yeah, that uh, I'm here. So, yeah, it's almost like classic cars, air cooled 911s. You know, your reaction time has to be a little bit more sharper, doesn't it? You have to be, like you said, you have to be alert. You have to be aware that you know um, that there are none of those modern aids, and you have to control it. You know, it's all up to you. Yeah. It's up to your skill. So you have to be. You know, you have to be a lot more careful, I guess, if you haven't been in a, in a classic or an air cool before and you're coming from a modern 911, which, you know, yeah. still has aids that cut in and, and help you and assist you. Um, so, yeah, it's a big, it, it can be an yeah. issue if you're not being, if you're not being careful. So I'd you, say you really got to be thinking ahead is really, that's probably the one thing I've learned the most in the driving is not just driving fast, but driving at any speed with, with this car is try to anticipate further along the uh, ahead because you know, the car can spin out, right? If you, if you let it, I mean, I haven't yet, but I, I, I felt at times, you know, being able to a bit, but you, you got to try to anticipate what's going to happen Yeah. and pick your line. I'll say that's been very, think when you're driving, pick your line. Yeah. Yeah. But it's a great driver's car. That's the main thing. It really is a great driver's car. Yeah. Um, so upgrades etc you said there might be some things you want to do do you want to talk about what those things would be or you you're not really they're not necessary yeah, at the moment i haven't settled on some stuff but if i'm the next thing i would, I would do uh would probably end up being something more wrong the suspension line okay uh, and then you know maybe take a little bit of the weight out i mean there's always some aesthetic things you know you like to do and you know like like i mean like the form works key i know it sounds silly but uh, if you you've seen the form works yeah, keys. Uh, I yeah. mean, I remember when they first came out and I was like, Oh, I want one of them. 
Uh, no, yes, no, I've flipped back and forth, and well, it's been years now. Yeah. But, yeah, something like that, I just like to do too. It's pretty cool. You should get one. Yeah, <laughs> it would. It would. I mean, it would go. It's perfect for the car, right? Yes. I mean, it, yes. It's perfect. So oh, the suspension, know, the suspension on the on your nine eleven is just a stock. It's just OEM suspension, right? It hasn't been upgraded to any other suspension. You said it's just. Uh, I believe it was upgraded. Like it was. So here's the piece. Um, the first year ended up getting the car actually took it on a road trip to san diego okay and um driving to san diego not used to some of the uh the off ramps and where to go and whatnot and not really totally sure end up taking an off ramp that's got an a and a b okay well i didn't weren't really sure which one we're supposed to take end up taking the a and oh no it's supposed to be the b so i turn over really quickly and i kind of do a little bit of a dukes of hazard and kind of launch the car. We kind of yeah. slammed yeah. down and you know maintain control, but did that. So when I took it back and got it all fixed up, of course at Tom's shop, that mistress, he goes, "Yeah, you um, you hit the ground pretty hard, so you blew out all the suspension, and um, you know I almost punctured the uh, the hood. Like that's how hard I hit it. Wow. So he redid all of that, and he said. He wouldn't tell me everything he did, but he says, I've tweaked you and kind of upgraded you. And you know, it's, it's a great, you're going to enjoy it. That's so. great. So, so tell me now, now you're not in LA, you're in Vancouver and you can't, you don't go to his shop anymore. So have you found someone no. as good in, in Vancouver to look after the car? So I found somebody that I, I like, and there's, there's a few you know good places in Vancouver. Um, so I found somebody that I kind of like, that I kind of trust. I've kind of, Right now, the car is kind of in a, you know, I've kind of parked it for the winter kind of type thing and heavy, heavy rain here. And I found a leak in the car. So I got to get that fixed too, which you don't get that heavy rain that often in LA. So it just okay. never, it, it just was never there. But it's also in a spot that's, a, uh, as I research, pretty common for those cars where you can sometimes get a little bit of um, fog in, in your uh, gauges into the clock area. Right. So I just got to get that fixed before and kind of get some, some paint jobs done. But mechanic-wise, yeah, I found a guy that that's uh, not going to uh, charge me dealership-style pricing, and they know their stuff, and like so, yeah, they were actually the guys that um, I, I kind of looked them up ahead of time and had them do a kind of a inspection because once I drove the car and kind of self-imported it into Canada, yes. I you have to get it kind of looked over in order to get it registered. Well, I wanted to get it looked at before I take it there, so they kind of looked it all over and okay. these guys know, know their vehicles as well. So. so bringing cars from America into Canada, do you have to pay duty? Do you have to change anything that's, so it has to be to Canadian specifications? What's the process for that, Joey? So, yeah, you do, um, except my car was old enough that I, I didn't have to do everything. Okay. So Canada has uh, daytime running lights. The U.S. doesn't. So you have to have those turned on. My car is old enough that uh, didn't have to. It would. It was fine the way it was. So I was glad that you do have to pay your um, kind of tax, like kind of GST on it when it comes into Canada. Um, but I had been there. This was another kind of funny piece. When I was down there, I was been down there for so long. Um, the border inspection guard or the the border guard when I was coming up was saying, "Great, uh, I'm filling out this paperwork, doing all this stuff." I just happen to have a nice guy, right? It's like, oh, I can tell you're not bringing the car up to sell. It's your car. So put whatever value you want on it. I'm going to do a little form and say, you're not going to have to pay duty. Fantastic. 
how did that happen? When I went to register the car though, and they did the inspection, nobody could figure out what form this guy did. And this, it was like three times, no, you got to pay your duty. You got to pay your duty. Government wants its money. I'm like, I don't have to. So they had to call supervisors. They had to refer to a book. There's some bizarre, odd little thing where he had checked off a box saying, no, you don't have to pay. So <laughs> that saved like, you know, three, you know, 35, I think, you know, close to four grand. So I'm like, oh, that's, that's good. Like, that was good. Yeah. Fantastic. Fantastic. And I mean, you've, you know, we all know that the 88, 88 911s have appreciated. So you've got a good investment there as well. They really have, um, well, I know in, in Australia, in the UK, they have actually appreciated quite well over the last few years. So you've definitely got a good car there. Now, you've got this 911. You're obviously really happy with it. It's a great looking car. Yeah. Is there anything else on your radar? And is there anything else that you oh. think, well, can I have two 911s in, in Canada? Or, you know, is this one fine for now? Or fine forever, I should say. Fine for a long time. <laughs> this is, as they say, that I just keep saying, this is a car I want to keep forever. Like, I, don't, I do not want to get rid of this car. So this is a car I want to pass down, you know, generational type thing. Like, it's, I love it. Um, you know, the car, what I would, you know, my him and ha, what I would what I wanted to get, which I knew I couldn't afford at the time, and I still now, I really wanted to get a 1997 993-4S with a uh that was the year they had okay. the split windscreen in the back yeah so um you know 4s great you're basically buying a turbo without a turbo badge um so i i would but i mean 993s i mean it's just it's just silly like the the pricing that those are going for now it's just absolutely insane yeah so. the 4s is not cheap is it i mean the 2s is i think the 2s is gain more money than the 4S though, don't they? I think the 2Ss in the 993s are more expensive. I'm just thinking about in Australia, I think they're more expensive. The 4S is a nice car though. It'd be a nice, <clears throat> it'd be a nice car to have uh, alongside the, um, alongside the eight, alongside your 88, yeah. that's for sure. Yeah. I mean, if I'm sticking air-cooled, the other thing which I've, I, I still like and I've still looked at, even when I was in LA a bunch, I still kind of like a 914. I just... I think the body is just cool. I, it takes me back to when I was, you know, young and had the Shroko and, you know, the, you know, our friend had his 914. I just thought it was the coolest thing ever. And I still think it's neat. Um, I mean, I've seen the guys that have just come out, you know, with the new, uh, like they're prototyping the all electric version, right? With, uh, yeah. with the Boxster. Yeah. So, so would you, would, if you, if you were looking for a 914 though, would you go the four cylinder or would it have to be the six cylinder knowing that the six cylinder is very expensive? Would I like the six-cylinder? Yes. That's <laughs> a different engine. Okay. So liking one is yes. Finding one is another thing. Yeah, they're very hard to find. Yeah. Um, and a lot of the ones that I've seen that are sixes, people have kept them in, in almost like mint condition. And and that just raises the price even more. And like, I don't want something that's falling apart, but you want something that's been driven. I want, uh, I want, a, I want a driver's yeah. car. So I don't know if that'll happen. Yep. Maybe I'll, you know, I wouldn't even mind a 996, right? I, I, I'm i okay with the headlights, the people, you know, kind of dog on the headlights. But, you know, a 996.2, you know, I'll, I'll take, if I'm in Canada, I'd still would like a 4S, right? Mm -hmm. So, Yeah, that would be, well, a 996 4S is a great looking car. That's a great, that's a great uh, variant of that 996. Yeah. Have to be quick though. The prices are going up very, very quickly. Um, I yeah. think, you know, I think the 914 for me, I mean, I like the 914 as well. I mean, you see a lot of them on, you know, Beverly Hills Car Club and those sort of places and they're, you know, mm -hmm. they've got really beat up examples. 
I kind of always think the 914 would be a really good project car. You know what I mean? Like if you if you found yeah, one yeah, that was my in, friend, that's what he did. Yeah, reasonable condition, Joey, and, and just make it a little bit, you know, make it special. Make it like, you know, your 911 sort of thing. Just make it special. Make it your own. Um, yeah. And just spend some time on it. Um, because the ones that come up in 914s that are in reasonable condition always look a little bit, a lot of them look a little bit boring to me. They look a little bit sort of flat. Yeah. Um, I think it's a car that wants you to mod it a little bit, that wants you to not hot rod it, but makes you want to sort of just do a bit more to it. No, yeah. I think it's a definitely a car that's been unloved. And, uh, you know, people who like it, like it. Um, but I think a lot of people traditionally haven't liked it. But I think it's a perfect car for, I know it's probably overkill, but somebody do a little bit of an Emery uh rod emery kind of a piece to it i think that would be i think that would yeah. be phenomenal because the car's light you know mid-engine you got perfect center of gravity yeah and if you could you know add some of that specialness keep the car but just you know kind of oomph it up a little bit i think that would be that would be cool yeah true hey that's that's a question actually you know you've got rod emery doing the 356s you've got you know singer yeah. doing 964s you've got gunter works doing 993s is there anyone in LA? I don't think there is. Is there anyone that's doing special 914s? There's not, is there? There's nobody. Like I said, I think it's another, you know, kind of one of the, the cars that people didn't like. Yeah. You know, it, nine four, it was 914s. It used to be 964s. Yes. And, you know, still a little bit 996s, but 996s are coming back. And, you know, obviously 964s came back. 914s are kind of just waiting. They're waiting to be loved again. Yeah, they are, aren't they? Because you can still get, you know, well, beat up ones quite cheap than the four-cylinder, that's for sure. They're not expensive. Um, In fact, they're probably cheaper than a 912. I think the 912s now have gone insane. Oh, yeah, definitely cheaper than a 912. You know, that that 912 that just sold on Bring a Trailer for like 79,000 plus fees is just insane that they're getting that much money. I'm, I'm I'm starting to look at 912Es now. And I know that's not a favorite of everyone either, but, you know, I'm starting to look at them just primarily because the prices are better, you know? That's, that's why, like I told you back way back when I was looking at 9, 912, just because, yeah, it's the pricing on some of this stuff goes crazy, but yeah. 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 So, okay. So the question that the listeners always enjoy this one, when it, someone's coming to Canada, to Vancouver, or they could be going to LA. I mean, LA, everyone says, you know, in the hills or whatever yeah. the drives, what is the drive you would say if you've got a, you're going to hire a 911 or you're going to hire a sports car and you're going to take it out for a drive in Vancouver or LA, whatever you prefer. What is the roads you would, would recommend to the listeners to, to, to try out? LA is pretty, I mean, I know somebody said this before, but still, I mean, Angel Crest Highway is, is the road. I mean, it's a driver's, it's a driver's road. You'll see a lot of everybody who's anybody drives that road with a car, uh, motorbikes like crazy. I mean, you've got to be careful, mind you. It's a pretty, can be a little bit dangerous, but um, that's a great road. And then if you just want to cruise in LA too, I mean, you go up through um, through the hills, through the Palisades, hit Pacific Coast Highway. There's nothing like driving for miles with the ocean beside you. Just like it's, that's a great ride. Vancouver, you want to see the sky. Vancouver to Whistler. I mean, it's, you want to go when there's not as much traffic if you can find it. But um, Vancouver to Whistler is like a, just, it's an amazing drive. I mean, it's, it's, it's another, you got the ocean on the other one side of you, you got twisty roads all over the place, the odd little stretch where you can drive. Um, but it, it's fantastic. You know, since Vancouver had the Olympics, they widened it. So it's a lot safer and easier to drive now. So it's a, it's a good road. 
But the drive you did from um, LA to Vancouver, is that a good one? Uh, yeah, it's good. It was long. Um, <laughs> it's a real journey. It's a journey. Was it four days, you said? Three or four days to do it? I think we took like three days. I mean, we stopped off an extra day in Portland, you know, and kind of that. But I mean, just the pure driving, yeah, it was, it was about three days of, you know, driving. The one piece, I mean, there's, you know, Northern California, there's some great driving up there too. I mean, really great driving. Um, the problem was, I'm like, this is, and, you know, I, I told my fiance, this is like the best road to be a passenger. Yeah. Because I have to pay attention. Like, it was fun driving, but I couldn't look at anything because you're driving. I mean, there's so many spots where there's no shoulder. And oh, right. You're just like, oh, but it's fun. And like we said, if you've got, you know, an, an air cooled and especially, uh, you know, like uh, the 3.2, like mine and, and older without any uh, power steering, you're working like you're actually working. So that makes it a, a totally different experience to drive. Okay. So before we go, cause we're up to the hour, but before we go, yeah. if someone is looking at an 88, they've got the money, they've got enough cash to buy it and they're going, okay, my first 911, which was your first 911. My first 911 yep. is going to be an 88, 87 Carrera. Would you say, yes, that's a good choice. hundred percent. Okay. And, this for the same reasons why I sought out this. I go back to the engine and the gearbox. Yes. You want a G50 gearbox and you want the 3.2, a bulletproof engine. And it's been the best gearbox. I mean, it, it's as the one other piece of advice is make sure the car's been looked after. You don't have to have the papers, but if you get a good PPI, the guy can, you know, you can tell if the car has been looked after. Yeah. So. I think what's I think what's great about your story, Joey, and I think the listeners will pick up on this is one. You know, like I said from the beginning, you like unique cars. You know, you you love driving your cars, and I think what you found is is you you found a nine eleven that doesn't make you really. And I know we're always looking, but it's almost like you're not wanting anything else. You've you've got the one which you're so happy with, and you know if another if a nine nine three comes along or nine nine six comes along, so be it. But Really, you're quite satisfied with what you have. And I think that's what's great about your story. And you found something unique, but really it's still quite, I'm going to say OEM, but it's still quite, you know, it's it's pure as in it hasn't been, you know, it hasn't lost the essence of the 911. It's black on black. It's got the, you know, the, the duck tail, the wing on the back. Um, it's just, I mean, it's a beautiful car. You really have done, you really have done well. It's a really, really great car. Yeah. I mean, there's a couple little tiny things too. I don't know if you noticed in some of the photos, one of the things which even they picked up on and I had to explain to them when I imported into Canada is the dials are changed by uh, the RPM and the speedometer. Oh, are they? They're actually angled and turned. So they're turned. And I asked Tom, like, why'd you do that? He goes, Oh, well that's, you do that in racing. Oh, so yes, that yes. your speedometer and your RPM should be at the exact same spot. I'm like, that's cool. So there's little things in my car that are like that that most people don't notice or, or probably wouldn't care or think it's weird. I'm like, no, it's actually pretty cool. So when you're punching and driving it, yeah, I I love my car and I uh, yeah, I didn't I didn't know the re- I didn't know the reasoning for that. I did I didn't actually notice it on your photo. I can see it now on the photos on um, Flickr. Um, but I have seen other cars on Instagram, other 911s that have done that as well. I was never really sure of the reasoning behind it, but um, it looks cool. It looks cool. All right. Yeah. Um, that's great. Thank you, Joey. Thank you for um, for being part of the podcast today. Thanks for reaching out and um, sharing your story. I think the listeners are going to really, really enjoy it. Is there anything, 
Is there anything you want to tell the listeners before we go? It's up to you. The only thing I would say, <laughs> I think you've said it a bunch of times as well, is, you know what, if, you, if you're able to, you know, just get, get the 911 that you can now. Um, you can always change if you want, but uh, get it, just get a car. And if you get it, drive it. It's, yes. it's not something I'm not the guy. And I've had friends who are, I want to put as few kilometers in my vehicle as possible. And all this, that's a bunch of garbage to me. A 911 is a driver's car. And if you, if you want to get into a 911, get one and drive it. And I don't think you'll ever actually look back. Great advice. Great advice. Thank you, Joey. Thanks for being a part of uh, the Porsche School podcast. It's been great, uh, great talking to you today. You're welcome. Thanks for, uh, thanks for having me on, Michael. That's great. Thank you so much. All right, everyone, that was uh, Porsche Code Owner Stories number 23, and that was Joey uh, from Vancouver, and he's uh, really, really cool, all black, uh, 88911. Okay, that's it for today. Thanks for listening, and bye for now. Bye.